Welcome to the show, we're so glad you're here, now let's have some fun. Yeah. Yay. Uh, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. It is another episode of The Brian Trust. In fact, it's a very special episode of The Brian Trust. Do tell. Uh, we are here today. It is our 100th episode. 100 episodes. Yes. Later. Uh, not going to lie to you, Marge. I wasn't sure we'd actually make it at some point. <laughs> but it's good that we timed it. I mean, we worked hard to time it out to make sure we reached this point, especially because this weekend is also our third anniversary of the podcast. And our farewell tour. Um, yeah, three <laughs> years ago. Yeah, in fact, it'll be exactly three years ago tomorrow would be the day we launched the first episode. Wow. Um, which was interesting. That was with Panks and and the whole Six Sigma thing that we were talking about. And, right. Um, that was interesting. One of the one of several episodes he's been on. He's our movie guy now, so as well. Mm-hmm. So we kind of a resident Jedi on as well. And we have a a very special guest. <laughs> um, we've been uh, we've been it's yeah it's scheduling's been odd. We've been trying to get him on for a long time. Uh, things have worked out finally. Uh, my friend from college coming to us all the way from Germany, Brian, mm-hmm. Brian Lumpkin, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's my yeah. pleasure to be here. Finally. <laughs> Brian, this Brian. is Brian. Brian, this is Brian. <laughs> Hello. So just so this doesn't Brian. get confusing, Brian. you know, not hey, at Brian. all. Uh, <laughs> um, so you designed it this way. This was I, oh, Yes, I did. This is the gimmick of the show. <laughs> we are sticking with it for another hundred episodes. Uh, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> all right. So, Brian, for the folks at home who don't know you, um, Who's, who are you talking to? Which you, one? Uh, well, who, they, him, they, him? Oh, I think they already know you by this point. Who's I don't think if, they, if they've actually been oh, listening oh, to all yeah, 100 yeah, episodes, yeah, yeah, which yeah, would be yeah. amazing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if, if I was actually disciplined <laughs> about post production, they would be amazing if they actually could listen to all 100 episodes. But I'm sure they are now. Uh, Brian, why don't you tell the folks at home a little bit about what you do? And why you're in Germany. Okay. So I am um, active active duty in the United States Air Force. Uh, I'm in the United States Air Forces in Europe band as as one of two of their audio engineers. Right on. So I'm out there with either from time to time it can be a jazz band, a, a Dixie group that can also double as a rock band, a concert band. Currently, I'm with our big rock band called Touch and Go. Nice, nice. nice. So, so it is it, it the 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 band in Europe. Then does that is it like they have like a full orchestra and then like subsections like smaller groups within that? It's all just kind of one giant organization, or how does that how does that work? Correct. So it's um, you've essentially got the concert band and then that breaks down into the jazz band and other various ensembles, uh, okay. clarinet group, brass group, and then a Dixie group. But then alongside the concert band, you also have the rock band and that's a separate autonomous group that okay. is able to go out and, and fulfill all the different missions that we have. Nice. Okay. Right on. That's nice. really cool. That's mm-hmm. cool. Now, when you and I last spoke 10 years ago, (laughs) it's been face to face or at least face to face as we could get. Um, I remember because you were just about to leave for the Air Force at the time, because I remember you and I had talked about the interview and audition process and 
and all of that that you went through to get the job in the first place. Yes. Um, so let's, I want to talk a little bit about that journey for you. So the, you, I remember you were in Texas originally for basic and, and, and I assume your specialist training as well, or did you have any on top of that or was it? Uh, typically within the air force, when you go to a recruiter and get hired on, um, typically you'll go through the basic training program, Mm -hmm. which is about eight weeks. It it varies every Mm -hmm. so often they change it up. Uh, my program was eight weeks. Um, and then mine was six, by the way, once you're done with that, everyone else goes to a technical school to learn the job that they've been, uh, either placed into or that they chose while at the, uh, entrance and the military entrance and processing center. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, now for me and for other bandsmen, it goes a little differently. Um, they hire us pretty much right out of uh, college. And so a lot of us already have background in music and in audio engineering and performance. Um, and so from there, once we go through basic training, we are then attached to a band and get started working. Oh, okay. Right on. Right on. And so, so then your first posting out of basic, that was Japan. Was that, or no, was it? It was actually in, at Lackland Air Force Base in San Antonio, Texas, uh, with the band of the West. Mm-hmm. So I stayed there for three years. Um, okay. At the time, our touring area was from, uh, Arizona to Louisiana, but I know their touring area has changed. I just don't know off mm-hmm. the top of my head what it has become now. Okay. okay. Um, and then after I did my three-year stint at Lackland, I because t- that's where you that's where you met your wife as well, right? Was yes. While you were in Texas, okay. Yep. Okay. That's nice. It it's fantastic. Two kids later, still going yes. strong. It's awesome. <laughs> two two kids and multiple continents later. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. So then, okay. Sorry. Continue. And it's all right. So from there, we yeah. went to uh, Japan where I did four years there at uh, Yokota Air Base. Okay. Mm. And then I was very fortunate and lucky to, the stars aligned, and I was able to get Germany as my next assignment. So that's right on. Right now? Mm. Right on. So, okay, cool. Yeah. Ramstein Air Base. And, you, and you've been here a couple of years, I know, because you were, when we were first communicating about you coming on, you were in the midst of transitioning posts from Japan to Germany. So, Correct. So I've been here two years now. And uh, I've got two more to go. Okay. All right. Cool. Cool. That's interesting. Let me ask you something. Sure. Uh, When you got out of basic training, how how weird was it to still be at that same base? Because I couldn't wait to get out of there. I know. Um, (laughs) It's very interesting. Uh, They they put me on that bus and I was like, bye. (laughs) Didn't even look back. But yeah. But other people that got stationed there, I was like, how weird is that? Yeah. It was was definitely interesting. I had my fair share of, of... run-ins because of the low rank that I had. Um, mm-hmm. It's all stuff that of I can look back and laugh on now, <laughs> but at the time, scary. Yeah. Well, it's a training base, and they don't yeah. stop training at that. To base. me, it, really to don't. me, it would like. Um, but that's. A, I mean, that's a good. I would. I would think like to me, it's like if you get posted, that's like going back to the high school that you attended to teach. You know, afterwards, or, or right. like working oh, in the yeah, office yeah, right. after like <laughs> the front office is like, oh, this is super weird. Yeah. Well, no, you, well, you would have rank at that high school cause you're a teacher now, but like you get out of basic training and you look like and- every single one of the others. But even then as a new teacher, right. now you are like a peer with the people who taught you if they haven't retired. So it's like, that's what I'm talking. Oh, see, but that's the difference. 
you're not well no but that's what i mean but that's, that, that, that feeling of like <laughs> this is super weird like watching these kids but no you come you're back so, and like it's a whole new like none of the kids that you knew at the time even the freshmen are all gone you know they're like you're there and it's just like this is so weird now well lumpkin will understand this one you're you get out of basic training and you stay at lackland you're still canned relish nobody knows you <laughs> from anybody yeah, that's it right? that's correct oh yeah Oh, there were times where there was one time I had to go to the finance office and I uh, there was an audio engineer that I worked with. And I was like, hey, man, uh, why don't you come with me? Because I might need your help. (laughs) (laughs) And sure enough, a military training instructor walked into finance and saw me on my phone. And yep, I wasn't in ripped him. I wasn't in basic anymore, sure and I could just I could see her just huffing and puffing because you were on your phone. <laughs> I just he she really wanted to light me up, and I I kind of nudged the guy next to me. And I'm like, hey, can you take care of this? And he leaned over and said, run. "How you doing?" And she was like, "I'm good." He's with yeah. me. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, would, I okay. probably goodness. I would have awesome. been like, I, 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 <laughs> I was hoping he would turn to you. Like, You're on your own, boot. <laughs> yeah. At that point, I mean, well, they should give you like a secret hand sign or something that shows like I'm not in basic training anymore or give you something that you can stick on your uniform, pin it on your, you know, whatever, saying like, I'm out, like I'm working now. They (laughs) did. But this was literally like two days later after I got out. I had not had the time to go get that. Yeah, super right. secret squirrel club <laughs> well, sticker attached to my uniform. No, exactly. Well, and 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 your muscles haven't like fully unclinched yet from basic training. Yep. It took me like I don't know a few weeks before I was like relaxed enough to actually function like a normal human being. Now again. imagine that, but still on the training base. Months. Yeah. You know I mean, Months. I couldn't wait to get out of there. So okay, oh, so you. I want to ask now uh, the. Especially for me, like thinking about that. So when you're when you're in, so going to Japan, what was that like for you? I mean, the culture because there's a difference being posted overseas. I would imagine to being posted in in country. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, and like the culture difference um, and and that kind of thing. I'd love to hear about that, just in terms of the the shift for you. Okay, so first we'll start with the shift in how it was going from a training base to an operational base in the Pacific. Yeah. Um, That was incredible. Just the way that, you know, at a training base, uh, things, you know, can be a little uptight just because it's a training environment. You want to make sure that you're on top of it. Everyone's on top of it. People are learning what they're supposed to, when they're supposed to, where they're supposed to. Um, Which means that you need to be the one to set the example. Now, when I moved over to Japan, things were very different because it was no longer a training environment. <laughs> uh, people were relaxed. It was a lot more friendly and open. Um, it was awesome. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. um, and then culturally, you know, Americans versus the Japanese, as far as you know, cultural differences is night and day. Um, it's just... Um, everything is safe. It's polite and kind and mm. quiet. Um, mm-hmm. Especially like going on the trains, you know, you go on a train anywhere in the States and you never know what you're going to come up with. It, it could be fun things. It could be loud. It could be quiet. It, you just never know. I've ridden Amtrak. I know, <laughs> I know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, in Japan, the American is usually the loudest one on the train. The hell you say. <laughs> I'm um, shocked. Shocked so, at this. Shocked. Yeah. Shocked, I say. 
I had a I had a fantastic time over there. Beautiful people, beautiful culture, just tremendous amount of fun. And then we covered all of the Pacific region. So traveling to um, China, Malaysia, Australia, the, just some incredible places yeah. with a very diverse background. Very cool. Very mm-hmm. cool. Very good. Yeah. Now you, um, you guys had both your kids while you were stationed over there, correct? I think was it, or was one That's before correct. that? Or, so in, both, in, the- both in Japan. Okay. Yep. So what, what is it like? Um, because it's been a while. So, I, like the last time I was in Europe, when we when I was on tour, we did homestays with fam, like military families and stuff, while we we're over there and stuff. But I'm curious about that from a perspective of, yeah, being a first time father, but being a first time father overseas <laughs> in a completely sure. different culture. You know, try you know you're dealing with <laughs> your children. I mean, not just not just being in Japan, but being on a military base in Japan and. And, you know, raising your kids and obviously you and your wife probably figured it, figured it out relatively quickly what you were going to do. But uh, I'm just curious about the because that does that also changes your perspective. I think obviously I know a lot of people, you know, when you get to my age, uh, <laughs> I meet a lot of people who a lot of my <laughs> friends have become parents. And like the difference is, I mean, what, like when my sister had a kid just night and day in terms of their focus and, and how that all works. So I'm curious for you doing that. Is it just you're balancing your job and your family like anybody else does, or how does that work for you based on the nature of what you do? Sure. Um, so being in Japan, first time father, um, it was very different because when you're in a traveling profession, yes, (laughs) Um, you're always having to be away from home. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, so there's the traveling aspect now about three months after my son was born. Um, and we had known this going into the pregnancy and everything like that. uh, I was slated to deploy to a undisclosed location in the, what I think it's, we call it the Southwest Asia region. Okay. Um, but typical deployment location. Yeah. Um, and so I was with the Afcent band and it's usually about a three month, four month deployment, which, you know, comparatively to, I have no room to complain about it because comparatively to any other unit out there who's <laughs> fulfilling their mission, they're six months to a year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's different for the bands just because you want to have that extra diversity in the music, having the same band out there for more than three months, you know, playing some of the same locations. Sure. Yeah. You want some different tastes in music. Play the new album. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. But this is all the music we know. Taking care of business now. <laughs> yeah. Hello, Cleveland. What? I, I, the tiger and final countdown again. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, okay. Go bless those rains down in Africa. That's right. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Well, and I know I, I ask about that because, you know, our, our mutual friend, Stephanie, who's in the Navy. Oh, yeah. Um, obviously, she has her child and yep. she's a single parent. So her experience is very different from yours in that. And in fact, when she deploys, she cannot bring her child with her, obviously, because yep. she's in a she's in a slightly higher risk spot than you are with the band <laughs> like your chances of combat might be a little higher yeah. you know um well and, so i mean i know that that was a i know that's been that's been a uh, a pain point for her 
uh, in her experience. Not not in a bad way. Obviously, she's just missing a oh, no. kid during the formative years of his life, you know. Oh, absolutely. Um, but for you, uh, obviously, that's it's less of an issue just because of shorter deployments and and that kind of thing. So I was just, yeah, I was curious how that worked out for you guys uh, in terms of that. So the, so they they go to, I'm assuming they're they go to a school like on the base, or do they do they have that for um, at this point? Do they provide a, yes. like a U.S. standard they, education for kids, or how does that work? Yeah. So there's the. Um, Oh, I forget what it's called. We call it DODS for short. And I forget what the actual acronym is. Longhand. It's like the, or DODEA. It's like the Department of Defense Education Activity. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Department of Defense Schools. Right. Yeah. Um, but then for the younger ones, there's the Child Development Center. Okay. Which is the shorthand CDC. Um, <laughs> and that's where my kids go. Okay. Yeah, I know. It is. It's yeah. It's just like the Center for Disease Control. Yeah, it's based here in Atlanta. Yeah, <laughs> not far from here. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're like, oh, um, okay. Expose their kid to all the diseases early. <laughs> They'll be super children. The Petri dish yes, of the base. Yes, yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, it's always great because I end up getting sick right before a tour. It's awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, where'd you get that? Oh, from my kids. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't think they let you deploy with chicken pox. That's so weird. <laughs> like, I know. Yeah. Uh, so the child development center is where my kids go. And they started out there in Japan. I've got them enrolled okay. here in Germany as well. So. Uh-huh. Yeah. They're still pretty young at this point, yeah. which is good. They're only what? Four and four, three, three and five. And five. Okay, yeah. I knew it was somewhere in there. So that's, yep. that's a good thing though. I think in the four you do that, you do that when they're young, at least that way. They can, you know, depending on how far you go in your career in the Air Force at this point, you know, I mean, the schooling as they get older and stuff that can change their perspective. Do you find that being in even as young as they are, because obviously they're starting to talk and they're, you know, socializing and things like that, that being in an international environment like this um, makes them it's, it's hard to it's hard to compare between like when when we were kids, you know, it's like that idea of didn't necessarily I, grow up overseas yes. but it's like you find that it's more interesting for them like more engaging for them than might be in in a normal school i'm not dissing the american education system by any stretch but no no not at all um i'd say yes i mean it's always different because you there's a diverse set of employees that work mm-hmm. at the cdc um and so you could have you know anyone from any range of background working there um, and plus their experiences that they bring in. So I know my daughter in her classroom, um, they covered counting numbers in Spanish, German, and English. Nice. All right. So That's sometimes cool. you get just, you know, depending on who the caregiver is and how in depth they're willing to go. Cause at the CDC, it's more like organized chaos. So it's not actually well, like a yeah. curriculum. Per like se. early kindergarten cop as opposed to later. The movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, and I was curious. Um, well, I mean, do you, do you find that they are, but just by nature, they're speaking multiple languages, like picking up multiple languages and things at all, or just little stuff occasionally. Like they'll the, pick up words okay. here and there. Right. Well, yeah, I figured as they get so older, like, it'll probably be more so depending on where you're at. But I was just curious if they're, because that will. Right. And they'll pick up words based upon what my wife, Kelly, and I 
are saying too when we go into the mm-hmm. economy to purchase food or whatever they'll pick up things and you know please yeah. and thank you okay. in german or that's cool no i mean I, I think it's a good thing personally i like that idea of especially oh, for kids absolutely. Ed, with that with that we could do more of that everywhere you know um i uh do you find right. well let me ask you about that then because you talk about going out into the economy as it were into the local space do you find that based on i don't know how much free time you get um, I'm curious about that, but like, do you do family outings off base? Do you go take in cultural things elsewhere? Um, just kind of, I mean, they're still pretty young, but as, as where do you find activities for your kids and yeah, that kind of thing? So I guess the the big thing is is that with the age range that they're at, sometimes it can be a little difficult to, yeah. to go venture right. out yeah, too far necessarily. Um, so. We'll take them to the local zoo, yeah, and let them check out you know the different uh, sure, exotic sure. animals that they've got there. We've got um, um, a dinosaur park that's down okay. about twenty minutes from us. Um, big dinosaur statues yeah. and stuff. My my son really loves okay. dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah. I'm not thinking like a weekend trip to Paris um, or anything, but I mean, it's just like yeah. that idea of kind of exposing no, them no. to I mean, to the local it, culture while you're there. Yeah, kind of thing as well because I think that you know if that's important to for their growth and early on and yeah dinosaurs are cool. I mean, my my nephews, my younger nephew loves dinosaurs and my brother lives in Albuquerque, so they they go to a lot of stuff there and it's just yeah that's <laughs> that's a lot of fun for them. So especially because oh, yeah. they kind of grew up there, so that idea <laughs> of taking them out to expose something even at a younger age and as you know, obviously their taste changes, they'll get older, but. I was just curious what you, um, the kind of things you do with your kids in terms of that. But We're hoping in the last year that we're here to yeah. actually get out and do more because the kids will be old, older by then. Okay. Um, so we're hoping to take more longer trips. Mm, uh, yeah. Go to like the new Schwanstein Castle, uh, take the day trip to Paris because, you know, the the super fast train, ice train. Yeah. Uh, nice. We only get there in like two hours. Wow. Yeah. So it's super quick. God, I've been missing yeah. out. I've been it's in, like in, I've been in Europe in like twenty years. Drive, I'm missing out. <laughs> it's been a long time. <laughs> you need to go. Oh, it's fantastic. Go to yeah. Europe someday. Uh, now, despite that, um, any chance I can to let Kelly go out and venture with her friends of course. explore. Yeah. She's been to Paris already um with one of her other friends and then um I want to say the Netherlands, but okay. I'm not quite sure. Mm. Um so anytime that I can like say, Hey, go have fun, please. <laughs> I got the kids go. Yeah. Um, because it does, it, it becomes a little off balanced just because of how much traveling I get to do for work. Yeah. That's why I was saying like yours is kind of baked into your job in a way. So you can, you yes. can travel and see these other places. Yeah. I mean, I can, I can see that. So that's good though. I think that's, that's cool. That's really cool. Speaking of that, then fun time. Just, <laughs> just, I'm curious for you. Okay. So, what do you? Um, obviously, being a parent, your family takes up a lot of your your off time focus. Sure, I would imagine when you're not at work. But I mean, what do you do yourself for fun? Being obviously being in another country, <laughs> that that sort of thing. But what do you find? Um, like hobbies. What do you do for enjoyment? Why you know when you're not working or when you're not um, dealing with the kids, you get me time, kind of. I get a little bit of me time here and there. Um, I do like playing uh, Xbox One. Okay. 
I've got one of those. And so uh, I was playing uh, Deus Ex Mankind Divided. Okay. And uh, Grand Theft Auto. Good, good, wholesome. <laughs> <laughs> good, wholesome, family-friendly yes, games. Yes, of course. Get the whole family involved. <laughs> <laughs> the kids can play No Man's um, Sky when they're older. It's fine. <laughs> you just go, right, right, right. You know. Lego Star Wars for the kids, oh, the Sega yeah. Genesis cla- Classics Collection. I got to get them started. Of course, you know, of course. Yeah, my, uh, my brother... Um, his kids are a little older than yours at this point, but uh, he did that. Well, no, he got a Raspberry <laughs> Pi and basically put um, put put Mame oh, on yeah. it, uh, the whole RetroPie yep. platform. So he got his kids hooked on Super Nintendo and the Sega Genesis stuff, and the early, oh. like especially Mario, the Super Mario series, uh, pretty early on. I remember going. I usually go out there for Thanksgiving to visit, and and every year I go now. His older son is playing playing Counter Strike a lot because uh, he's okay. thirteen. No, I think no, twelve. Like twelve or thirteen. He's like in his preteen years, so he's starting to play on Steam. He's been playing mm. he's been playing Counter Strike since he was nice. you know, for a few years. Uh, but the older the kids friendly version is is very blocky, like Minecraft looking characters and stuff and no blood kind of thing. So I think as things evolve, it it changes as they get older. Gotcha. Um and stuff. But no, a lot of Star Wars as well for them. <laughs> also they've got their they're getting their geek on as well. So that's uh I was I don't just <laughs> see how many I mean, my friends and relatives like raise their kids that way in the way that we wanted to be like, we want more exposure to this. Mm. Um, yep. I always wonder about that. Interesting. So, so let's, uh, let's shift gears a little bit going back to your job, of course, as an Iyengar. Is there something you would define? Okay. Let me ask you that. What is a typical day like for you when you're not deployed or, you know, depending on that? So like a, like say Monday, what would, this coming Monday, for example, what what was a typical day sure. on the job like for you? Sure. Okay. So a typical day on the job would be, um, so on a Monday, I would go in at about, I'd take my children to school, get into work about nine o'clock. Typically the day starts around eight 30. If there's meetings mm-hmm. going on, then I will bring the kids to school earlier and then go and attend the meetings, of course. Um, but I try to roll in about nine o'clock. Um, and then about nine 30 is when our first music rehearsal of the day would be. Okay. So depending on the, the band or the group that I would be with, uh, depends on what their rehearsal schedule is going to be like. Okay. So like typically the jazz band would probably be Monday morning at nine 30, nine o'clock. Um, the rock band, we try to do more afternoon rehearsals, uh, so we can take the morning. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I was going to say, well, the rock band, yeah. <laughs> typical, right? Yeah. So we'll try to do it in the afternoon. Okay. So, and do admin work in the morning. So every single one of us in the band, we have an additional duty that, <laughs> or additional duties that we have. I said yeah. duty. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I'm still 12 inside sometimes. That allows us. Um, that allows us to basically maintain the function of the band. Okay. So I'm my alternate is I'm a computer guy. So I work on all the computers in the shop. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've got those that do uh, vehicle requests and maintenance. We've got some that are in our music library. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, operations, basically trying to figure out the logistics of exactly what we're going to be doing and where we're going to be doing it. What gear do we need to bring? And they'll coordinate and liaise with me for that. Okay. So it's it's a lot of it's a lot of moving parts. I often wondered about that. I know so, um, when dealing with with the military bands. So when I was when I originally started college many many years ago, 
Um, I did look at, I, well, I looked at the army at the time I was, I was thinking about it cause they had, like I played handbells and they had a handbell choir. I'm like, Ooh, okay. Um, I ended up not doing it obviously, Ooh. but it was just, I was curious about that and, and I started thinking about the band cause I was, you know, I was in the band and in the marching band and concert band and stuff as well. But, um, I thought about that. I was like, sure. well, what do they do with their time? Cause they, they can't rehearse all day, every day. That would just, that would kill a human being. <laughs> you know? They would ruin their embouchures and just like, it would just destroy <laughs> things after a while. But I was curious. And so that, that, that's enlightening to me. Like, what do they do? Like, what are the, what do the band members do when they're not rehearsing? And I like the idea that there are other duties to, so they're all maintaining the operational efficiency of the unit in some way, I'm assuming to, to, or at least contributing to Correct. that. So they all have something to do. Um, with their time, obviously, because they're working full, right. they're getting full time pay. They should be working, be doing something when they're not rehearsing. Yeah, we should be doing something. Yeah. Do you guys do? Um, I'm assuming, obviously, you went through you went through basics. Do you guys ever do um combat readiness things? Because technically, you are still in the in a military service. Uh, not all the time, but I'm just curious. Every once sure. in a while, do you guys uh, do combat training or? I kind of think just in case, you know. Sure. We do a lot of uh, various and different training. Some of it is uh, computer-based training um, where we'll go in and learn, you know, basics on refresher on basics of our like yeah, counterterrorism techniques, th- yeah. um, mm. what to do in a certain circumstance or situation. Same thing with like fire drills and things like that. Uh, we'll get like. Yeah, that's, that's what I figured was something like that where it's not because yeah. obviously you're not you're not cleaning guns all the time or doing the things that a combat unit would do. But I mean, there's obviously things you need to be aware of and, and trained on uh, just in case something happens or that, that sort of thing. So, yeah, Uh, we're also um, fully qualified soldiers. So we are active duty air force. So we do have uh, firearms training and qualifications courses that we have to take every so often. Um, Typically it's if we're going to deploy. Right. Yeah. That would make sense. So when we, when we're gearing up to deploy, we'll go to uh, combat arms for firearms, um, safety, qualification, uh, training, how to strip it down, how to clean it, put it back together and fire. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. So. Okay. Yeah. Because that, that you know, you got to have a little bit of that. In yeah. There. No, of course. I mean, <laughs> well, no, that's what I wondered is like, obviously, well, and obviously you have the, the time when you're preparing. And then, like you said, when you're doing, especially when you're doing it for a deployment, that makes sense. Uh, cause then, then the likelihood slightly increases that something might happen, <laughs> you know, the risk management. That's like, I like to think of it, you know, it's like, uh, yes. just in case, you know, well, just so you guys remember how to do this, point this end toward the bad guys. Back you in, know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Back in 2014, there was a time where, uh, I was in Afghanistan and while we were there, I did have to carry a sidearm. Okay. Mm-hmm. The entire time I was there. Makes sense. So again, it's, it's. It's one of those things that when you go out to a forward operating base that's out in the middle of nowhere, and while while I was like there, the reality like, of it sets in, like, oh wait, I'm fire. in the military, oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm ooh, in the absolutely. air force. Oh crap! Yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. When there's yeah. incoming fire and you hit the ground, yeah, it's yeah. real. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Has well, uh, so, so that has that actually happened? Uh, I don't want details, and it's obviously I'm not sure if there's that anything about that, but I'm curious. No, about no. no that for you like what's the what's this what's the scariest thing that's actually happened that you can actually talk about oh, okay the scariest thing so i was at um bagram air base in afghanistan okay 
And my cousin was there as well doing secret squirrel stuff. But um, he and I were able to get together and sitting down at the coffee shop. And then all of a sudden we heard the alarms go off for Uh-oh. incoming. At, uh, what was it? Uh, indirect fire. So they just fire off shells. They have no idea what they're going to hit or where they're going to hit. They okay. just kind of fire them off. And sure enough, yeah, it's one came down kind of right over our heads and the remnants of the thing came down on our building and we heard it pinging off the roof and I'm like, what's going on? (laughs) Oh, wow. We go. Wow. As soon as we had a chance to and and things kind of settled down, we both ran to a a hardened bunker of sand and, and things yeah. To keep you safe. Of and course. so I shared a bunker with my cousin in Afghanistan. Wow. <laughs> All right. All That's right. probably one of the craziest stories I've got. Interesting. Okay. So then I I don't think this will be the same answer. But I, So what's the most ridiculously fun thing you've done that you've experienced so far in your time uh, in your job? Or funny. <laughs> fun or funny, depending on depending on what you think oh, of. Sure. But, uh, um. Well, uh, a couple of big points that were fun and awesome. Um, I got to, I got to climb on the Great Wall of China. Right on. While I was there, so that was awesome. Um, I got to go spend some time down in Australia and work with the, um, oh, what was it? It was the Royal Australian, uh, and I forget what the, what regiment or what maybe it was the Royal Australian Regiment Band. Okay. Um, and they were amazing to work with a lot of fun down to earth after the shows, we'd go and hang out at a restaurant together. That was an incredible moment. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. Um, and that was, that was just at my time in Japan, uh, since being over here, we cover all of Europe and Africa. And so I've been, I've been all over Europe. Um, Paris has been great. Sweden was awesome. Um, That's what Brian said too when he was there. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, all right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I was just there recently. We had uh, some interesting times in Ukraine. Oh wow, okay. Um, and then down in Africa. I, in fact, last week I actually just got back this Tuesday from a trip down to South Africa. Oh wow, where we were supporting um, an air show. Oh, a, yeah. Um, oh, what's it called? Yeah, where was it? I saw something about that. Um, yeah, that there was an was... air show down there somewhere. Uh, I'm trying to remember what it was. Looking to see if I got any of my papers around. It was like the South African Aerospace Defense Expo. Yeah, the AAD. Yeah, the Aerospace and yeah. Defense Air Show and Exhibition. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Somebody, yeah. I saw. It wasn't you. It was somebody else had posted. I think I saw something on Facebook that somebody had posted a picture of something. I can't remember what it was. <laughs> well, no, but it was. I mean, it was an air show, so I didn't think anything of it. And then I saw South yeah. Africa. I'm like, oh wow. <laughs> so and um, and we got to partner with the uh, South African Air Force Entertainment Band. Mm. And so we nice. did joint performances with them up on our stage, and it was incredible. I got to work with their audio engineer and. You know, cross training, cross talk about what techniques he uses, what techniques I use, like hardware, software, like, like talking about yeah. different trade talk shops. See, that's that's awesome. I love that. Yeah, 
That's really cool. That's very cool. I um I blanked on my next question. What was <laughs> I had it I, I had it for a second and it's gone. Um have you ever <laughs> Do you have a question, Brian, that. while we're sitting here while I'm thinking from trying to remember what my question was? I'm all, I've always been curious about this. Okay, so just back up to basic training just a little bit. I know we passed that, but um, but I had this question and then we Okay. Uh, so the band, the band squadrons always, like when I was there, the band squadrons looked like they had a different experience than what we did. And I don't, I don't know if that was true or not, but we always were like, God, if I was just in the band, this would be so much easier. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's a little bit different experience, but not as different as one would think. Now it may have been. Back then, uh, every couple of years, something oh, changes. Yeah. They they um, incorporate different things, different training techniques, and you just never mm-hmm. know over time as they progress and evolve into what the Air Force is today. Right. And when I went through, and that was uh, 2009. Mine was 1990, by the way. Thank you. The much. big major difference is that <laughs> <laughs> the big major difference was that all the other regular street flights of basic trainees. Um, they all had to learn and spend a lot of time on marching technique oh God, yeah. to prepare themselves for what is called the bomb run. And it's the, it's what you see typically in news and media. If they're ever showcasing basic mm-hmm. training experiences where the, ter- the tra- military training instructor is in the front and then they've got the group of trainees behind them all in their blues Mm-hmm. And as they walk past, they all, you know, uh, the the leader turns, MTI turns and salutes the presiding officer over this graduation ceremony. Mm-hmm. And so as basically um, kind of like inspection, if you will, of all these trainees as they're walking past. Now, that's the biggest difference is that the band flight does not do all of that training to learn how to walk and march down the bomb run because we do a lot of that in our marching when we're playing Mm -hmm. because we sometimes support um, parades and different events while in basic training. Right. So that would probably be the biggest difference. And when you went through it, you, you did eight weeks. Yes. Uh, And you also, did you get the coin at the end when you did? Yep. Yeah, we didn't have that. <laughs> we yeah, did the, uh, uh, we did six weeks, and our last uh, our last stint. Yep, there it is. Fancy. Yep. Our oh. last stint in basic training was the confidence course, and that was pretty much it. Like, oh yeah, you were okay. done with you were done with that, and but now they have the sort of like the crucible, <laughs> like the Marines do, but it's not as not as intense yeah well <laughs> um, it's similar and then at the end of that Mar- i don't the think corn, marines right? do anything yeah, like that emotion. yeah no offense to the core in 2009 but, yeah. <laughs> no they laugh at us but yeah anyway. in 2009 they called it beast week and it was i don't remember the acronym what it stand for but it was like basic expeditionary skills training yeah it's a that's a friendly name for Ex- it expeditionary like, airmen beast week yeah you're gonna basic, have a lot of fun <laughs> basic expeditionary airmen skills week right? right exactly but it was essentially a deployed environment yeah, it was essentially a, devo- a, a deployed environment. You're living in tents, yeah, and you're doing all yep. the training as though you were deployed. 
Okay. Right. I had a friend of mine that went through that, and he was like, oh, basic training was so fun. <laughs> I loved it so much. And I was like, <laughs> what? Are we smoking the same oh, stuff? No, things have yeah. changed. Yeah. yeah. Are you crazy? <laughs> well, when I went through it, well, there was no such thing as a stress card. Did you have a stress card? I did card? not. Where, like you could pull a stress card? No. I heard about this, and I was like, say what? You could pull a yellow card and be like, I'm stressed. And then they would leave you alone, and you could have like, I don't know, some time alone. I don't know how true this is. Basically, so without going, without really going in depth for all the things that had happened. Sure. Immediately after I got out of basic training, because there was some stuff that went down. Um, Don't necessarily need to get into that, but um, they were looking out for the emotional and mental stresses that were coming across with the trainees and basically doing studies to try to figure out what things were happening. Exactly. And so the stress cards were born. (laughs) Yes. I think people that have not been through such an event or weeks of events like this, you don't really, you couldn't fully appreciate the craziness that they put you through. Sure. And it's all by design. I mean, all this basic training is all by design. Like they want to make sure, as silly as it sounds, that if you can't fold your underwear perfectly and follow directions and pay attention to detail... They are certainly not going to put you on, like, for example, a multi-million dollar aircraft where right. two people's lives are in your hand, right? Yeah. If you can't fold your freaking underwear, you're not working <laughs> on our airplanes, basically, right. you know. But that, but those events, as silly as they sound today, they, it was incredibly stressful. Mm-hmm. It was ridiculously stressful. I would sweat when I would see a piece of thread hanging off my uniform, like, oh, crap. Is he going to catch right? it? And I wouldn't have, like, a pair. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, I got in trouble one time because I actually caught thread hanging off the TI's shirt and I brought it to her attention and oh. I didn't do it publicly. <laughs> I didn't do it publicly. I had just said, you have a piece of string hanging off of your shirt. Right. And she was like, oh, well, is that look so? at you. <laughs> yeah, is that so? Well, you're going to be the inspector for the squadron from now on. Mr. I see everything, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whoops. But she wasn't very nice about it. I said it very nicely. Uh, I like, I probably crapped my pants that day. <laughs> I, it was, you know, it was pretty bad. But you don't get it. Like people that haven't been through it don't get it. But the, but yeah. everything is by design in, in, in basic training. And so like the people that have come out of that and like have a job in, in the military, whatever branch it is, you know, you. That's that's an achievement in yeah. itself is that you were put through such mental duress and you survived. Well, it's a condensed Ooh. college course. I mean, it's like three different Ooh. college courses condensed. That's why I was like, it's even like it's actually more stressful than getting your bachelor's degree. But it's like, oh, my God, you know, yeah. it's all done. And like, well, oh, it's like up at five. You're up at five. And the whole time you're in high gear. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's no there's rarely a rest break. You know, I believe you actually do get some college credits upon graduation of basic training. Hmm. You do. Yeah, they do transfer over. They sure do. And then you can apply those actually if you wanted to go further in education. You know, they have the uh, Community College of the Air Force where you can. That actually does apply. And I actually got my associates through that. Oh, nice. You know, yeah. So uh, begrudgingly, my wife kind of forced (laughs) me to do it. Take advantage of it because I blew. I you know sadly I blew the Montgomery GI Bill. I waited too long and it was I wasn't able to use it. Okay, uh, just stupid. That was just dumb, dumb on my part. It's a lesson for any of the military yeah. folks out there. Use but, the um, use the benefits that are available. Take advantage. Well, yeah. Well, if you're th- 
if you're thinking yeah. about going in, yeah, absolutely. Like, take advantage of it because that will pay for yeah. a majority of your college. Do you know? If, and also, yeah, yeah. If I, if there was one I was thing I'd say, say is just you know, for any any of the listeners that are out there that are considering it, I mean, it's a great way to All go. But make sure you do your research ahead of time and know what your exactly. benefits are and your rights are, especially when going absolutely. to talk to a recruiter. Mm-hmm. Okay, exactly. Ask the questions. Yeah. Ask the questions. Yeah. Ask the questions. Yeah. Right. Uh, a friend of mine. So this friend of mine that uh, he was kind of lost, uh, as I was. Right. I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life. College wasn't working out. Um, you know, pretty much every male in my family went through a military. You know, my grandfather was asking me, you know, so boy, you know, what, what branch are you going into? Sort of thing. You know, I, I, I had my eyes on the Air Force because, well, one, I uh, every like the army just wasn't for me and then i don't like boats so the <laughs> navy <laughs> you know the navy and the marines and the coast guard were out and oh, like so, process I of eliminates that eliminates three branches right there <laughs> but i was thinking more of like the air force academy okay uh, well i didn't pan out so uh, uh so that's I, a know, tough gap so when I, mm. yeah so when i went to the recruiter and the recruiter is actually pretty cool i i felt like he was on my side and he was you know very open about everything and you know he told me exactly what was up he was like here's what you're gonna do you know you're gonna take your asvab which is the like the entrance exam to the military they want to see what your skills are yeah you know uh and then uh we're gonna put you through basic training and here's what you're gonna do you're gonna bring one small bag you're gonna bring one change of clothes and you're gonna wear boring clothes when you get there and you're gonna get a haircut before you go yeah and that's pretty much it and yep. then if they don't know your first name when you get out you did it right yep <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah oh or great. if the first yeah. name they gave you is not your actual first name like hey it's marshmallow <laughs> yeah oh boy i have so many good Skid stories marks. that we can probably share off yeah no oh boy uh, we had some clowns in our in our flight. You always do. This, yeah, <laughs> this one guy. I, this one guy. Just real quick. Go ahead. By all story. means. This one guy. This this one guy. Uh, it was during we were having some type of there was a lecture or something. I forget what they were talking about. It, that wasn't important. What was and, and it interrupted everything anyway. But one of one of my you know fellow airmen stood up and said because they said does anybody have any questions. Yes, ma'am. You know, said his whatever thing. And then said, my airmate and I here were wondering. And then that was it. Like, he didn't even get his question out. And the TI was like, your airmate? Your airmate? Well, stand up, airmate. And so now the two of them are standing there. And she goes, go ahead. Hold hands. Your airmates. Everywhere we go, you're going to be holding hands. Yeah, on the next month's cover of Airboy magazine. So when we were... Uh, Airmaid oh of the month. Boy. Oh, boy. And that was it. Oh, my goodness. So they went everywhere together, and they would march wow. and hold hands. Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. We, that was pretty funny. We had a guy that um, he would he would, like, whistle or sing in the shower. Oh, boy. Training instructor comes in. Who's whistling? No one. Yeah. Uh, finally, he's like, uh, he he's like, I'll find you someday. And he storms out. So one yeah. day he's in his office and this guy's singing and he comes out and he, he kind of sneaks around and he sees it. You. 
That is one of the shorter Boy. guys in the in the flight, and he says, "Get in the locker." Oh no! Guy goes in the locker. He slams the locker door closed. He pulls some like quarters out of his pocket. He throws it in. Sing jukebox, sing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. You know what? Uh, similar shower story. Uh, we, this was usually like a Saturday or Sunday morning. Like there were a bunch of us, you know, what are you going to do? And so one guy just starts singing in the jungle, you know, (laughs) we're all singing there. T.I. busts in. What the hell is going on in here? And we all froze and he goes, you're singing it wrong. (laughs) And he he joined it and then he did the high parts. That was so cool. That was hilarious. But that was toward the end. Oh, yeah. It was like, you know, when they because they started mellowing out like at the fourth, fifth, sixth week, they were just your TIs were like they treated you more equally. They didn't treat you like plebes or idiots or anything. They were. And that's by design too. Yep. they build you back up. So build you back. Yeah, up. I was going to say that makes My sense that they God, would do that. No, to but you they, oh. Yeah. But it was a constant mind, you know, yep. you know what the yeah. whole time, because you didn't know Screw. if you yeah. were going to get <laughs> clean tags screamed. At. <laughs> Did they have, what was the form that you would have to fill out? Three, three, forty one, three, forty one. Yeah. These damn things. So these things were like, oh, I'll tell you a story, a quick story about this thing. So a 341, for those who don't know what this is, it's sort of like it could be a reprimand and a reward. So like if you did something stupid, you would fill this thing out and then you would give it to your TI and they would put whatever infraction or reward there was. And then they had a little filing system so they can go back and they can review. You know, it was like it was like their recollection it was like how they kept track of your screw ups or your successes, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. And this one idiot, this one idiot took the whole pad and stuck it in his pocket. And when she asked for a 341, he pulled it out and he goes, Who should I make it out to? Like he was holding the checkbook. <laughs> <laughs> and she goes, You're going to fill out every one of those. <laughs> and it was like. <laughs> Wow. Yep. Wow. All I can right. look back at it now and giggle about it because there were some dumb things. But while you're going through it, quite honestly, I couldn't wait for that to be over. Yep. That's why I was saying, like, when that thing was over, I couldn't wait to get to Lowry Air Force Base fast enough. <laughs> right? Because I was like, there's no way. And people were like, stationed at Lackland. Like, when they were telling you where your duty station was going to be at the end, we had a few people that were stationed at Lackland. I was like, oh, God. He said duty. I, there's no way. <laughs> There's no way I would stay here. <laughs> Our band building was literally right outside and across from the training squadron that I went through. I got see to that? see those TIs a couple times a week. In their full yeah. for a couple of, for like a couple of years, wasn't it? How long were you there before uh, you moved to three. Japan? It was like a year, three years, yeah, three years. Yeah, I don't know about you, but like when I got there, it was nighttime i think they do this by design too we had just had a fantastic meal in the officers whatever uh mess hall like they they fed us like we get there said are you hungry we're gonna feed you we had like this it was like a buffet type of thing where we had like mounds of chicken and mashed potato and you know gravy and bread and pie and all this other stuff god we were all just stuffed and then they wheel us over in this 
ugly blue bus yep. in the middle of the night to our to our squadron. And I don't know what the all of a sudden fog rolled in. <laughs> so I don't know if they like had a fog machine or what there. And then all of a sudden there was like blue lights on top of these like Ford whatever they were Broncos. But the right? hoods on me. <laughs> TIs TIs everywhere coming out of the woodwork screaming at everybody. We had two or three people throw up that night. Like all that good food that they had, they, <laughs> Goes yep, the they lost it. Because, yeah. right, right, and they're screaming at us, and thank God I brought that one little bag because I don't know how many times people picked up and dropped their suitcases. And one guy had like two big suitcases. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing with two big suitcases, man? <laughs> right. Pick them up, oh, boy. drop them. Pick them up, drop them. Yeah, pick them up, drop them. Pick them up, drop them. Move them over here. March, don't you know how to walk? Oh, God. We had guys that wore like stupid crap on their T-shirts, you know, and here's me. I had like a drab gray sweatshirt and, you know, blue jeans and I had a fresh haircut and like I was boring. Like nobody wanted to mess with me. <laughs> I don't, I don't uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm thankful I went through it. I think it, um, I don't know. Uh, I look back at it and it's like, well, that was a major accomplishment, right? And you you signed up to serve your country yeah. right and that's you know and thank you you know what here's the thing side note a lot of people are there's there's talk now of like people saying like yeah. thank you for your service and it's starting to not mean anything anymore <laughs> right it's sort of like bless you when you sneeze like it's one of those things like it's just something that you say now you hear veteran or you hear somebody that's like oh thank you for your service i'm always awkwardly like you're welcome like i don't even know what to say after that <laughs> sure Right, exactly. Thank you for your service. Well, you're well, you're you're welcome. Like I don't even yeah. know what to come back See, with. At, like at this point, you know. whenever I'm told that, I just I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. You know, because that's the that's best thing one. that we could possibly say. Because, like, you're right. Like, like you said, you know, people sometimes have gotten to a point where, I mean, even the service members feel awkward about it or feel weird because they again they don't know what to say because we've never really addressed it right and right exactly you know i think at least in my opinion the best thing to say is you know i, I really appreciate you saying that thank you so much mm-hmm. well especially if they if they're if there's somebody that hasn't they feel like if they haven't been in combat or something like it doesn't feel as applicable or so, like i haven't you know said they're like even i mean even people who have actually been oh, sure in in that you know it's kind of that idea is that the people at home they're saying that don't really understand what you actually went through to get to the point where somebody yeah, could exactly. actually like be standing there so somebody could say it to you you know exactly um, yeah but then uh, I've try, i try to change yeah. it up a little bit i mean because i'm being a veteran you know i'll like i'll say you know like i'll like i'll say to you like thank you for you know, thank you for putting yourself through, you know, whatever. Sure. I, I wouldn't say this long, but thank you for signing up and serving your country. You know, everybody really appreciates it, even though we're a bunch of idiots and we don't yeah. know what we appreciate <laughs> anymore. These days, yeah. No. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, yeah. okay. So, so, so thank you. Yeah. Thank we're, you. I appreciate as, that. As we're starting to kind of wrap up yeah. the hour. And so I, so I want to ask you, Brian, okay. um, so now all this time and the places you've been and that kind of thing, obviously it's been, forever since I've seen you and said, do you find that you feel like you've missed out on anything? Um, in general, I mean, nothing, it could be little stuff. It could be obviously, cause you've been spending other than those three years in Texas, like you've been living overseas for most of the past decade. So, 
Um, do you find right. that, do you find that yeah. you feel like you've missed out on anything or is it just, it, you think it's absolutely worth the trade off for what you've actually gotten to experience um, or do you find you're missing anything? I mean, okay, I, yeah. I mean, it so, might be a little later, no, two, but so twofold on that. Um, I wouldn't trade it for anything because the experiences that I have gained and been through are absolutely incredible. And I would not have been able to do that or seen any of these places had I not been here, especially all the stuff that I've done in Africa, um, all the work that we've done all throughout Europe and Eastern Europe. Um, never, ever, ever in my life would I have thought that I'd just be over here to experience all of this. You know, most people, when they say they're going to go to Europe, they usually take a vacation and it's like, you know, at most a month yeah. at, you know, minimum, usually, you know, eight days ish to try yeah. to, you know, their money's worth. Um, but I get to be in Japan for four years. I get to be in Europe for four years. And then wherever else um, is next at, at some point, wherever but, else. Yeah. yeah. Um, have I missed out on things? Absolutely. Um, you know, evolution of, you know, for people, sometimes it's like the neighborhoods that you live in and the grocery stores that you go to or the food products that are put out yeah. or, you know, even commercials on TV, <laughs> things like that are the constant death and rebirth right? of the McRib, but you know, I mean, is it kind of, right. you know. well, yeah. or, or the evolution, um, like the, the craze that is now like the MCU or that kind of thing. I mean, I don't know if you've watched so any of the Marvel films or, yeah, Hollywood movies, things like that, that all makes it overseas. Yeah. And even over here, all those movies end up coming out even on base, off base, and they can be in their original version. So it, I'm not missing out anything okay. as far as movies and stuff go. Yeah. Maybe TV shows. Okay. Because unless it comes out on Netflix, I'm generally not watching it over sure, here. Sure, sure. Well, and even then, the the um, difference between what's in the U.S. versus what's available in in Germany or Japan right. just because of licensing in those particular countries. Um, yeah, and commercials like for those shows. Yeah. You know, you'll be watching TV and you'll see commercials that'll get you interested in that show. But then over here, I don't get those commercials. So I'm kind of just looking on forums going, well, what's the newest, latest, greatest thing going on right now? Okay. All right. Yeah. So have I missed out on stuff? Absolutely. I wouldn't trade it for the world because of the experiences that I have gained in being over here. That's awesome. That's awesome. No. And doing this job is amazing. How often do you get back to the States? I'm sorry, you're saying? Yeah. Do you visit? Do you, do you do you come back to the states and visit every once in a while? Uh, yeah, every uh, about every two years, we'll end up coming back at around Christmas time. I'll organize it with the family and see everyone, especially right when they're doing reunion time yeah. and things like that. Have family come out? Has family have the chance so. to come visit you overseas? Or I know, like with Japan, like when your kids were born or something, oh, like did your yeah, parents come over at least different. to? to visit? Or I don't, I'm not sure specifically how that would work, but I'm just curious. Yeah. Uh, no, it's, it's actually very easy. Um, so far we've had my wife, Kelly's parents come out twice mm. now. Um, and then my parents are anticipating coming out to Europe here okay. pretty soon. My mom is, uh, loves Europe and just, you know, mm. always reading books and always looking at things and watching, you know, back when Rick Steves had all of right, the big yeah, adventure yeah. pieces. Very cool. So, yeah, so she was, they're very much interested in coming out. And I know that that's in the foreseeable future, the planning. So very cool. Very cool. 
I'm going to ask it just because I'm, I'm a little curious. So you have a couple of years left on this deployment in Ger- or this, this posting in Germany. Do you have a thought of where you might like to go next? I mean, or is, that, sure. is that something you've started thinking about to be like, I think I kind of want to go here, you know? Yes. Um, so the, the bands are very limited in the locations that we can go to. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. off the top of my head, I don't know exactly how many we have, but it's, it's very limited stateside and, and even more limited overseas. Sure. Uh, we sure. only have Germany, Japan, uh, Hawaii is considered an overseas assignment. And then with limited positions, we have the NATO band in, uh, Belgium, the shape band. Okay. Okay. Um, and so, uh, as far as that goes, I'm since we've been overseas for eight years, it's time to get back and try to let Kelly get go through the education that she had always hoped for and get the jobs that she always wanted. So um, yeah. my first choice is, of course, going back to San Antonio. OK, um, just because nice. we're near family. Yeah, yeah, that's home turf. That makes uh, sense. And then I personally would love either California or Colorado. Hmm. All right. There you go. Right on. Cool. So, California. Where in California? The, Travis uh, Air Force Base. Yeah. And there you go. That is 45 minutes from where I live. Everybody, thank you very much. <laughs> That's um, I've got a lot of good friends out there. So if you're ever if you're ever out and about and you see the Air Force Band of the Golden West out yeah, playing, my, uh, go say hi. My uh, my cousin. That was his last posting nice. uh, with the Air Force, and he did he did maintenance as well, but for the longest time. But he did his 20 and out, and that was I know that was his last post. Okay. Um, was it Travis? And I think he still lives up in that area. Yeah, that's one of the out. That's one of yeah. the out processing bases is Travis. Okay, right on. Cool. That's where I out process. Well, mm-hmm. I think that was yeah. a. I will say that was probably one of the more fruitful hours we've ever spent on this show. <laughs> For sure, <laughs> I would um, say so. Yeah. It was very structured and good yeah. conversation. Well, especially we ours, which is that's something we always do. Uh, so, yeah. uh, Brian, I want to thank you so much Literally. for taking taking the time to join us. Uh, for this, for sure. It, this is this was a blast. Yes. Well, thank you for having me here. For the folks at home, I hope you enjoyed it. If you, uh, we'll put a link up for the Air Force Band in Europe um, on on the on the show notes, just so you can kind of see what uh, some of the stuff that Brian does uh, with those bands um, as well. Uh, and I don't know. Do you have anything you want to plug before? Before we finish finish up here, or um, probably not. I don't know. <laughs> just well, I, no. I, I if I had to say anything, it would be um, thank you and thank I thank all your listeners and, and viewers for you know joining us today and hearing all this, especially from me. Um, please go out and support your military bands as they come through from all branches, all services. It's. Uh, it's awesome the music and the versatility and the esprit de corps that they bring, and so thanks. Very cool. Uh, well, no, thank you. Thank you for serving your country. <laughs> there, that's my. Thank that's you my as thing. well for serving your country <laughs> and too. I I have nothing oh. I deserve thanks for. So <laughs> that's all right. That. Thank you. But well, well, well. Thanks for your friendship. You've done the countless you've done things. years that we've been friends and gone yeah. through college. Yes, and, yes. Yeah. and I still talk about uh, uh, Magellan's children to people a lot. So I'm still. Yes. we'll talk about that once the recording is done here. But <laughs> I'll come back to that. But I want to okay. thank all our listeners for tuning in. You can get this our 100th episode and all of our past episodes eventually on our website, Podcast dot com. 
Uh, you can uh, subscribe there. We've got our RSS feed. You can subscribe to your Apple Podcasts, wherever you're fine. Podcatchers are sold. Wherever you do listen to the show, please feel free to rate and review the show. Ratings and reviews are how shows like ours get discovered by other people other than word of mouth. Um, especially on iTunes, if you do want to rate it, you like the show, just give it five stars, even if you think there are things we can fix, uh, mainly just because Apple's algorithm is weird. Um, if you want to give us feedback, you can do it there or better still, just contact us directly. Our email is briantrustpodcast at gmail.com. That is Brian with an I, the correct way. Yes. Um, you can also contact us on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash the Brian Trust. Uh, we're always looking yep. for engagement from our community there for sure. Uh, we're also available on Twitter. The show is at the Brian Trust. Uh, individually, we are also on Twitter. I am at Actor Geek. I am at B Selkie. And again, that's going to do it for episode 100. And happy third anniversary to us. Yay! Yay. And we'll talk back next week. And until next time. We're starting all over with episode 101. <laughs> <laughs> yes in fact we're just going to start fresh the, the, the past hundred episodes didn't exist no, no that was just practice <laughs> that would save me a lot of embarrassment that's for sure that'll be our ktma season yeah for, sure. for all the misties out there <laughs> mm-hmm.